It's good to see so much orange. Let's pray together. Lord, sometimes there are storms in our lives that cause us to question who you are. And storms have an idea that to doubt what you say. There are some storms that take us to the very root of our faith. The Schaefer family finds themselves in that situation. We, as a community of believers, we desire to be used of you, God. Somehow, some way, oh Lord God, with all of our being, all of our resources, allow us the privilege to somehow carry their burden. None of us would even begin to conjecture, oh Lord God, what is happening, what is going through their minds, what they're even feeling. We can't even begin to think of placing ourselves in their situation. But there is an overriding sense, O God, of your presence. It's far above that we could even, as Paul says, ask or think. It's that abiding presence, O Lord God, that takes us through the storm into the fact that you rise and say, Peace, be still. It's your overriding presence, O Lord God, whereby even in the poem, even in the writing that was read this morning, we may not fully understand, O Lord God, your reasons and the ways that you do things, but all you ask us to do is trust. And so God, Lord, We're trying our best to trust you. We're we're asking, oh Lord God, that in the midst of this storm, we would see your glory. There are certain things, oh Lord God, that we know and understand to be true. Our dear brother is no longer hindered by anything of this world. It was wisely said by his dad that he's walking hand in hand with Jesus. That truth we know, that that truth is unshakable. That's the dynamic that even the Apostle Paul reiterated to the church at Corinth when he said, absent from the body is present with the Lord. We hold that, O Lord, as precious as we can to the depths of of our soul. We're grateful, Lord God, for that promise. And it's in the promises of your word, O Lord God, where we find our great comfort. David said it well as he penned the most familiar words where He sensed that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
I don't think any better words could be said than that this morning. And so we lift up to you, Sarah and Sorrell, Wyatt, Wade, and Wayland, as they wait upon you, O Lord God, for a peace that passes all understanding that will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And we as a congregation, this may very well be a turning point in our existence. For we have one of the greatest opportunities to not only share in the grief of a family, but to also share the gospel with a community. That has been our prayer, that has been our passion to be able to point individuals who may very well have questions to point them to the only one who has the answers and that's Jesus Christ allow us that privilege O Lord to just to be instruments of righteousness in your hand that whatever we do Whatever we say, we would do it all to the honor and glory of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because you alone are worthy. It's not our purpose to fully understand everything. If we could, then we would be God. We're just to trust you. And that same prayer is also for our dear brother, Ray Gonzalez. He too has honored you with his life. I pray for his wonderful wife, Joan, as she stands there and and sees the, the decades of age as they heap upon us the closeness that we come to the gates of glory. I pray for Joan, our family. Thank you that their nephew Rick is here to be with them and to comfort them. That's all we can do, Lord. That is our purpose as we minister to one another. As the Apostle Paul says in our text today, this is what walking in the Spirit looks like. And so God, I pray this morning that as we do every Sunday morning, it's our purpose to open your word and hear from you. We need your Spirit to teach us today. We need your your Spirit to take your word and drive it deep to the depths of our soul. I need your spirit, O Lord God, to be able to speak clearly, correctly, and compassionately. We need to hear from you today, Lord. 
And so as we crack open this wonderful safe of heavenly knowledge and wisdom, may it so impact our lives that people would see Jesus Christ in us. And may we, O Lord, strive, as the Apostle Paul says, that we will be able to reap if we faint not. So help us, Lord. Help us this morning that we would be servants of yours. And we'll be careful to praise you to thank you in the matchless name of Christ our Savior. Amen. The, um, the services that will be held in honor of the Lord and for the remembrance of our dear brother Wellington are going to be held next Saturday. There'll be visiting hours from 9 o'clock in the morning till noon. Then noon till will be the beginning of the memorial service that we will have. So if you have opportunity to be here, I know that the family would appreciate that. Again, that is next Saturday, the 12th. I'm sorry, the 13th. Nine o'clock till noon be visitation. Service to follow at noon. Trusting that we'll be able to cover a few verses in Galatians chapter 6. Individuals have said that Galatians chapter 6 is the commentary of Galatians chapter 5. The question rises, why does there need to be a commentary? Well, about three weeks ago, we covered the, what we have called the fruit of the Spirit. And it's all listed there for you. The idea of it is, is though, is that how does that just put on display? We, we talk a lot about, or at least in the Christian realm, in the circles of what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And, and, and we sort of understand them from a theological position, but what do they look like? How are we as followers, believers, if you will, of Jesus Christ, how are we to put them on display as we walk in this world. In other words, the question still arises is, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And that's what the Apostle Paul says in, in chapter 5, verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What does that look like? Thus, chapter 6. For the Apostle Paul lays out for us, I believe we'll only be able to cover the first two, but the Apostle Paul lays out for us four instances of everyday life whereby walking in the Spirit is evident 
as we live it out. Notice what it says in chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. The term here is interesting because the Apostle Paul is laying out for us a hypothetical scenario. But at the same time, it's very relevant because we are aware of individuals who are caught. He's not talking about a lifestyle of someone who determines to follow the ways of the world. He's talking about a believer person who for no aspect of their life is caught A snare has been laid and and they've walked into it and they've become overcome. So much so that the text tells us that it even affects the local body of believers. For he says, brethren. He's making the statement that as we have said before in our our, our, our core values of Grace Community Church, the one value we've sort of been highlighting is the one on fellowship. It is intentional. Becoming involved in individual lives. And so when the Apostle Paul says, brethren, he is speaking directly to a congregation who has been affected by an individual who has been caught in a debilitating sin. It wasn't something they were looking for. It was something that caught them. He doesn't give specifics as what that could be. That could be most anything. But it most likely will hinge upon three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Someone got caught. And they may very well be screaming for help. Brethren, if a man is overtaken, in other words, he's not running to, he's trying to run away from, and it has caught him. If the individual is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, Restore them. That's the first, if you wish. That's the first criteria. You who are spiritual, restore him. In other words, it can't be done by someone who has ultimately determined not to walk in the spirit. You see where I'm going with this. This is the first proof. That in order to help to restore an individual who has been overtaken, who has been captured in a trespass, we who are spiritual, those of us who are are determined to walk in the spirit, it is up to us to restore them. 
That, that word restore there is interesting in the Greek because it makes reference to a medical condition. The condition is resetting, almost like a bone that is broken. It gets set and straightened out and even wrapped for a time that it can heal. When our son Stephen was about three years old, he was climbing out of the, the back of the van that we had at that time. And unfortunately, one of his sisters, thinking that he was clear, decided to close the door. But the problem is, is Stephen's hand was still in the door jam. And it fractured these four fingers. We knew something was bad because they were turning purple. When we get home from church and it's iced up and we, we call a doctor, what should we do? And the doctor said, oh, don't worry about it. He's a child. The, the growth plates haven't even, in fact, there might not even be a break there. So don't worry about it. Okay. Two days later, we get a call from an orthopedic surgeon I need to see your son. Okay. Take him down. and They took an x-ray. And they come to find out that the, the bones were, were broke. Now you got to understand. They, they were starting to the healing process for three days. So when we got to the doctor and he gave us the news and he said, we're going to have to cast it. But what he didn't tell me is that they were going to have to re-break them. So the doctor said to Steve, can I see your hand, three-year-old? Sure. Until the doctor took his hand and, and began to remold it and break him. And all of a sudden, Steve's visits went from... But then the doctor quickly put him back. And then they casted it. Nice, bright, yellow cast. When we get home, Steve jumps out of the van and says, Mom, look at my cast. And Nancy looks at me, and I'm white. What happened to you? I just saw them re-break my son's fingers so that they could reset them straight. The Apostle Paul calls us as a church that that is supposed to be our ministry. We who are spiritual, we are to restore them back. Restore them to that position that that particular trespass has no more hold on them. Now, you all know I'm not much for Southern Gospel. You all know that. But I did hear a song sung by the, the, Gaither, the Gaither vocal band. And the name of the song was, He's a Chain Breaker. 
can be done, I don't think, any better than uh, obviously the ones who originally recorded it, but the, the Gaither vocal band has their own flair. But in that particular song, there's a glorious lyric that says, he's the chain breaker. When life seems to take us and wants to trap us and trespasses. God's a chain breaker. He sets us right. And he uses us in that particular ministry. But notice, there is a criteria. Not only those who are spiritual, but also, it says in verse 1, in a spirit of gentleness. Let's face it, it's an awful lot easier for churches to cut people off and throw them, as the proverbial is, throw them under the bus. That's easy. That's how, unfortunately, in times past, that's how churches dealt with situations like that. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do this in a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness is one of the, if you will, fruit of the spirit. Gentleness. It's a kind of gentleness that a mother wonderfully displays on a child that is hurt. You've seen it before. Where they just take the child in their arms and they hold them. There's something that needs to be cleaned up. They go and do that. There's something that needs to be bandaged. They do that. You might remember that in olden days, they had this medicine called mercuricone. Those of you that are my age and older, you understand when I'm, that stuff stang. Oh, man, it stung. And then mom put it on my bruises and on my cuts. And then, then she'd be there tenderly, let me blow on it. I don't know how that helped, but it did seem to. Mom, the stinging's inside. You're blowing over the top. That's gentleness. It's doing whatever we can in a spirit of making sure that the individual is coddled back almost in the arms, if you will, of a loving mother. But there's another criteria. It's a warning. Be careful. Be careful. Make sure that you're not the first one to throw accusations but you realize the fact that if it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be you. You too could be trapped. You could be overtaken. You could be in a snare that has been laid out for you by the world system. And you could be in the same exact situation as this brethren is. And we're called as a church to come alongside one with the focus 
of resetting bones, loving them, and then making sure that there's no accusations. The second illustration is almost like the first, but it's a little bit different. It still talks about coming alongside an individual, but in reality, this individual is carrying a heavy burden. The Greek word there for burden literally means overabundance of what they can even begin to manage. We as a church, walking in the spirit, we are to come alongside them and say, let me have part of that burden. Let me take it. Let me bear it for you. In all due respect to all of you, I can't give a better illustration than what you have already put on display in this situation that we find ourselves wearing orange today. You have come alongside. You may not have been totally aware of all of the burden, but you were ready and willing to bear it for them. There was a time in when the pressure of Wellington's brain was crucial. And I can remember, and Daryl, you were there. I can remember we went back and began to pray as a family. And all I asked, Lord, is give me, give to me two numbers that I could bear to make his numbers come down. And the rest of the family members in that room that we were praying together also declared, give me some numbers, whatever that was. In reality, if that would give us a headache, we could take something for it to relieve that. Wellington couldn't take anymore. It's looking at other individuals who are carrying such a heavy burden that we come to them and say, give me some of your weight. Let me help you. But the text tells us that we're not to do it in such a way that we begin to compare our lives with them. We're not to tell them. As many times as Job was confronted by his so-called friends, they came up with all kinds of excuses why he was in this burdened situation. And it was all for them to be able to say, hey buddy, that's all on you, I'm not helping. It's the same illustration that, that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 16 as he taught about the Good Samaritan. Where individuals, religious individuals, walked past this person, but yet it was that lowly Samaritan that stopped and said, I'll take your burden. That's the picture here. Individual who is heavy laden, 
guess that's why it's wonderful that Jesus said, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Life has a way of weighing upon us heavy burdens. Burdens that we many times don't even ask or understand why we have to carry them. It's a heavy load that we are faced with. But I'm thankful that you as a congregation, not only in your expressiveness of prayers, a prayer vigil that was organized wonderfully and I had the great joy of viewing that the next day on YouTube of hearing the testimonies of those who were there recognizing the fact that God is in control helping the family to know that that people were praying and Sarah's words to me on Tuesday afternoon when I was with her, she said, for some reason, there was a wave of peace that came upon me Sunday night. That's carried a burden. But recognize, too, that there are two different words here. All of us have a backpack to carry. It's our responsibility. For all intents and purposes, Sorrel and Sarah and their family are carrying a backpack. The heavy burden we can help them with. The backpack, there's only one person that can help them, and he's been doing wonderfully. His name is Jesus Christ. We all have our own load that we are called upon to carry. It's our responsibility. In other words, we can't blame other people. We have to take that upon ourselves with the purpose. As I live my life, whatsoever I do, do all to the glory of God. Two different Greek words there, burden and load. Burden is that overabundance of weight that we can help with. Load is your personal backpack. That is what you must carry. And we carry that by walking in the Spirit. Someone once wisely said, it's very easy to talk about the fruit of the Spirit while doing very little about it. We Christians need to know that it is in concrete situations rather than in emotional highs that the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives is demonstrated. It's the concrete 
situations. Thank you for your willingness to be pillars, a foundation for Sarah and for Sorrel and their boys. Because in your actions, you've been, you're showing what it is to walk in the Spirit. But here's my caution, everybody. This day will come and go. This next week will, will come and go. And unfortunately, too often, the memories also begin to fade and we begin to revert back to what I believe God doesn't want us to go. It's been my prayer, not only for the, the Schaefer family, but for myself and for this wonderful congregation that I get to stand in front of. As this, this may very well be the time when God is telling us that there's a community out there that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. And we're the ones who have the great chain breaker and the burden bearer. And all God's asking us to do is to share. We'll see what God will do in the glory of himself. Again, thank you, Sarah and Sorrel, both wanted me to share with all of you. Thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you for being a burden bearer. Thank you for lifting their load when there were days that they didn't think they could take another step. To God be the glory. For he alone has even given us the, the opportunity to bear this burden together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us this wonderful illustration. The illustration of what it is to walk in the Spirit. It's about caring enough to set the bones of someone who's been broken. It's caring enough to come alongside someone and say to them, give me some of your weight. It's caring enough that we would even be willing to shoulder our own backpack to live for your honor and for your glory. Thank you, oh Lord God, for this morning. The display of orange and how all of heaven is rejoicing in the death of one of saints. A little brother's home We who are here are not yet in that position. And so, Lord God, may all that we do, all that we say, 
and how we live be for your honor and glory. And we praise you in your name. Amen.